This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is contacttalkradio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on tunein.com, hing.fm, and upsnap mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Once again, I am, this case, rejoined by a phenomenal guest. My guest today is a gentleman by the name of Dave Pelzer. So I'm just going to give you a bit of backstory on Dave before I formally welcome him and uh, get right into the meat of what this particular interview is about. So who is Dave Pelzer? Well, what I can tell you that as an individual who represents overcoming adversity, Dave has dedicated his life helping others to help themselves. As a former Air Force combat air crew member, Dave's job entailed mid-air refueling of the once highly secretive SR-71 Blackbird and the F-117 Stealth Fighter. While on active duty, Dave was selected as California Volunteer of the Year. Dave has received personal commendations from four U.S. presidents. Dave was honored as one of the 10 outstanding young Americans and later was the only American to be honored as the outstanding young person of the world. Dave is also the recipient of the National Jefferson Award, which is considered the Pulitzer Prize for Public Service. Other recipients include Sandra Day O'Connor and Colin Powell. Dave is the author of eight inspirational books. His latest book is Too Close to Me. Dave's books have been on the bestsellers list for well over 13 years combined. A Child Called It Alone has been on the New York Times bestsellers list for well over six years. Dave is the first author to have four number one international bestsellers and to have four books simultaneously on the New York Times bestsellers list. Please help me welcome an individual who believes that our only limitation is ourselves, Dave Pelser. Welcome, Dave. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, one and all. How are you? I am fantastic, thank you. You've really set the tone for my day. I've been jazzed about the fact that you've been gracious enough to agree to come back on my show, particularly in light of your new uh, development. And I've, I've ramped it up all through social media, but for the listeners here who may not be connected to me through social media, I'm going to let you shine here. This is your moment to share your breaking news with us. So what's happening for you in your world, Dave? Well, it looks like... Uh... We're making a movie, which is very it's, – it's beyond words. Uh, uh, it's, it's a project that we had uh, since the book made the list in 97. And, uh, you know, the, I, I, I have a line that I kind of use. I said, gosh, living with my mom was rough, but trying to get this project off the ground in Hollywood is, is just tougher. It really is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like we have a director – a very nice gentleman uh, producer. We're getting a team together. Um, we're going to sign a few people in the next uh, month or so for supporting actress uh, roles and so forth. And it looks like we're moving forward, which is just uh, exciting to me because as a child, you know, living in the basement, 
listen to reruns of Jack Benny and Orson Welles, and then, you know, hearing movies from uh, from upstairs to uh, being in foster care and getting lost in movies. That really, you know, helped formulate me and change my life. This is uh, quite quite a big thing for me. It really is. Fantastic. Well, my understanding is that it's uh, David Goldblum of Conscious Contact Productions who's acquired the yes. film rights. And this yeah, is very, child very nice. Man. Yeah, right. for the child called it. And it, uh, I've written a screenplay that they're working on. We're going back and forth. It's like a ping pong game because I want to be true to the story, true to the characters. And to me, I, it's uh, looking at it, it's, it's very emotional. There's some heartwarming pieces or scenes in there between even my character and my mom's character, or especially in the third act when I was rescued by the teachers and the police officers. It's very, very, very moving. So uh, it has all the elements there and so forth. And we're just all, we all get along together. We've already uh, met in the uh, San Francisco area to go to the Daily City Schools to shoot that a little bit and then go to the uh, street where I was raised and to shoot the exterior of that with our cameras and all the stuff that we have to do. So it's, it's definitely moving forward. We're hoping to start uh, shooting in uh, the production in uh, April, May next year. And then there's a lot of editing involved and, you know, the music and putting all those pieces together. It's, just, it's quite, it's like a military operation. It's like Operation Desert Storm. You have to have all the boots on the ground and do all these things and then go to battle. And of course, you know, getting out in one piece. Absolutely. So it's, 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 it's I don't know. Uh, we, we announced it on a, uh, Facebook a couple of weeks ago, and within an hour, we had 272,000 wow. folks who picked up on the message. And then five days after that, we peaked at 8.2 million. Wow. I mean, un, un, and from all over the world. Yes. Because we forget that the book, you know, has had an, you know, a footprint, you know, from Japan to Australia to Indochina, uh, all the way to Europe and beyond. It's, it's amazing. Well, given that that book sat on the bestsellers list for, you know, and was ranked number one for six years, I mean, of course, that got into the hands of millions of people. I mean, your book, I already told you the first time that I went live with you, Dave, last year, um, that was an anchor for me. There's a lot of parallels between what you've gone through in your childhood and my childhood and, you know, what we did to rise to get out of the circumstances, you know, and just holding on to the core belief of who we were and knowing that, through the healing process, okay, you know, there's a purpose here, there's a lesson here, there's a gift here, and we that, don't. That, and that, that, that's that's exactly it. Not not to interrupt you, but I have to say this mm-hmm. because you run into this, and God bless you for all the work that you do helping others. And I attempt to try as best I can, but I'm also at the age and stage of my life when you bump into people and it's wow, wow, wow. I'm going, I understand that, and I appreciate that. But you survive mm-hmm. for a reason. You survive to be happy. You survive, hopefully, to thrive. And hopefully, you survive cancer. You survive a divorce. You survived a horrible childhood on, on the hopes that you might be able to help out others. And I think Absolutely. that is a cause, and that is a purpose of life. Absolutely. Well, and we know, and I think we might have touched upon this the first time we spoke, Dave, you know, for you and I, for what we've gone through, statistically, we know that we're not alone. And once you can wrap your head around that, and to the degree that your book helped me, Oprah Winfrey helped me with with her disclosure and her vulnerability about what she had encountered in the way of abuse in her childhood. You know, when you put your story out there, there there's so many people who think that they're struggling in silence, that this can only be happening 
happening to them. So when you read the books that are birthed by you to talk very openly and candidly and raw about what you've gone through, you know, that's sometimes all it takes for people to see beyond the murkiness of what they're sitting in and go, okay, if this person can tell their story and they've come out of it on the other side and they're using it for good and they're paying it forward and being of service to others who are perhaps reading and finding out that other people share in the same circumstances or similar circumstances, that's all it takes. That's a domino effect to lift people by the hand and get them out of the abyss. So, And, that, yeah. and, that's, and, 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 and again, the, the, the cause, you know, the service of that cause. And, and, and you know this, Lisa, too. That I, I, I joke around a little bit and say, gosh, I wish I came out with a good shampoo. Mm-hmm. I can give bottles away and say, oh, my God, you look sexy, sexy. Oh, my God, I love you so much. Get out of here. Goodbye. But because, you know, the, the product is the story and psychology and the darkness of, I mean, uh, you want to talk about the worst war crime. I, it, it's almost like, okay, you trying to assault a child, to, to kill a child, to, to, to rape a child. And, and, and because of the psychology of that, it's hard for people to, one, understand it, to acknowledge that the cancer exists, and two, what do you do with that afterwards? Because it is, it's, I'll never forget when I was 14 in foster care, and I was examined by the, uh, uh, the county psychiatrist, and, of course, he never worked with kids before, and he basically was braggadocious saying there's no way this kid's going to make it. He can barely walk, stand up upright. He has no social skills. The abuse was so traumatic, I predict by the time he's 18, David will be dead or in jail. And people were clapping, thank you, doctor, thank you. And I kind of thought, well, I don't see it being that bad. If I can survive this mm-hmm. without any help or training, then I'll just have to learn how to talk, learn how to walk upright. I'll just have to readjust somehow. But that's why I just hit this on the head again and again and again, and I hope your audience gets it. Is, is that if you can survive cancer, and that's the thing, too. I never bumped into anybody, Lisa, that says, oh, my God, I'm a victim of cancer. Mm-hmm. No, they say I'm a survivor of cancer. I'm a fire of cancer. But when people come to me and say, oh, my God, Dave, once my dad yelled at me for 10 seconds, he's been dead for 60 years, and he's still abusing me in my head. I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. Houston, you've got a problem. Right. You know, so you got to you know, look at it for what it was and not what you think it still is, and that's so important you know get the help that you need support groups counseling whether you write your story whether you yell scream cry purge it out of your system and then look at the life that you have now because as as we enter labor day we all say oh my god that was a fast season oh my god i didn't get to do those things that i wanted to do this summer so the question i want to ask is how many more summers do we have left exactly and do what you can with that time well, and the thing is, too, and you raise a valid point, you know, like it's reclaim the power. I mean, you know, as a child, yes, you're defenseless. As a child, you know, there's so many things that um, that box you into a place of not being able to necessarily reach out, ask for help, or even recognize and contrast that how you're being treated or alternatively mistreated is not normal. But once you start to, you know, grow and you mature and you start to, uh, embark upon your own journey within the bigger world, you start to realize, okay, I can rewrite this story. I can recalibrate my mindset. I don't have to believe in all the things that were professed to me that kept me stuck, that kept me in 
invisible that kept me silent. And certainly if you're a parent, you've got to definitely retrain yourself and, and change the cycle of abuse. You've got to change the inner dialogue. You've got to understand and rewrite what the script is for being a healthy individual, and it starts with you. So, yes, and I love the fact that you talk about cancer. You know, nobody goes around saying, I'm a victim of cancer. You're absolutely right to say, I'm a survivor of cancer. That's all anybody professes. Those two words always simultaneously go together. I am a survivor of cancer, not a victim of cancer. So whatever the tragedy, whatever the scar, whatever the abuse, whatever the case may be, you've got to change your jargon. The way you dialogue with yourself is so pivotal for everything else that shows up and that you manifest and emit back into the energy, into the universe. And, and another part of it, too, is whether, you know, it's an abusive relationship or a bad boss or, or some disagreement. But particularly with, you know, if, if you're a survivor of abuse, child abuse, you really have to look at the source because this is a learned behavior. Bullying is a learned behavior, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and it's like, oh, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're worthless. Okay, whoa, whoa. I mean, I remember one time my mom yelled at me. She was very drunk. She says, oh, my God, you're going to get pregnant, and you're going you're to fall for the first guy who comes down the block and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't understand exactly what she was saying, but I thought, oh, my God, she's really talking about herself. Because in yes. bullying or abusive, if, 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 if a child gets hit once by a bully, that child might grow up and hit 100 kids 100 times just to get even. And that's what happens, unfortunately, with the psychosis. Of abuse, so it's almost like you have to say, okay, take a step back, analyze the situation again for what it was, not what you think it is, and, and, and look at the help and the, you know get the help that you need and look how far you've come. Because what I'm, you know, blessed about Lisa is, you know, I'm a volunteer fire captain. I work maybe 20, 30 hours a week, and that does not include running calls, life and death calls, going over cliffs, landing helicopters, cutting cars, fighting fires, wildland fires, medical situations. I mean. It's a lot of responsibility, but yet my father was a firefighter, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm semi-retired. You know, I'm still traveling, still helping out, working on different writing projects, and I have the most adventurous life that I can think of. I was allowed to fly for the Air Force. You know, I've been in food service when I was a teenager. You know, I've been all over the world. I've seen things. I've met people. I've been fortunate enough to get published, and now we have this project that I'm just ecstatic about. They want me to be involved in the production and help select with the actors or be on set to help out and all these amazing things that are involved in this one project going, oh, my goodness. But at the same time, too, you know, some people say, oh, Dave, you're lucky. I'm going, I'm the luckiest guy I know, but I've also been working on my luck since I was a kid. So it does take effort uh, in a good marriage. It does take effort to cook a good meal or to, to, to be inquisitive. And no notes, folks, think about this. She doesn't have notes. I don't have notes. We're vicarious entertaining, but we know what the heck we're talking about. We make it look easy, (laughs) but it has that passion behind it. That's Mm -hmm. the thing, passion. Well, there's a couple things that simultaneously came to me. Um, You know, so I want to talk about the emotional uh, aspect of this journey of reconstructing the book, going down memory lane to now it going forward into a different project of going to the big screen. And, of course, all the the behind-the-scenes work, having to go down familiar streets, reopening all those memories again. Not to say that you've ever forgotten them, but we make a choice of, again, what we focus our time, attention, and energies on for the benefit of serving us. And by serving us, we can then serve others. So I want to talk about the emotional aspect in terms of triggers, uh, you know, any new revelations as a result of going through the process in a different medium, how that's 
uh, bringing different recollections to light, different understandings. Uh, as well, I'd like to know, and maybe you're not at liberty to talk about it, but if you're having a say, obviously, and who is going to be the actors for some of these pivotal people that parallel your life, um, you know, do you know or do you have input as to who you would want to play you and who you would want to play your mom? Um, I have some input, uh, and, and that's through the producer and the director. And, again, they're usually in these things is you – the rights uh, which were owned by the publisher. I, I signed the rights away, which was rather obtuse to me at the time. Uh, once, once rights are signed – they can do anything they want. Mm-hmm. Anybody could. And and we've 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 almost had that situation before. Like, okay, Dave, if you sign this away, you know, just you have nothing to do with the project. I'm going, Well, I don't know. I was kind of I lived it. You know, yeah. you may want to have me on set. Golly gee whiz. But legally they can put you in a two two and do what they want. And and, and you, we've seen this before with the there was concern with the Harry Potter books mm-hmm. and back in my day there was concern with the Tom Clancy uh, action novels, in a sense, with Paramount. You know, the, the author was like, "Hey, you yes. got to do this and that." Says, "Well, we know what we're doing. We're professionals." But in this case, it's going to be, you know, a pretty big independent film. I do have a little bit of say, but it, I, I'm not a casting director. But between uh, Mr. Goldblum and uh, Mr. Hall and myself, we're all working together, looking for, you know, the, the best actors that we can. But I do not have per se a say, and I think it would be wrong for me to claim that. But but we are working together. And to answer the first part of the first question, uh, to be honest, because I have to be honest, um, I'll read uh, to myself, or sometimes we do what's called table reading, in which people read back and forth and back and forth and just see the pacing and timing of scenes. And uh, I, I, I'm i not overly emotional about, let's say, when I was stabbed or when I was burned, because those are arcs. You know, the little kid basically says, oh, you know, it's God's my witness. I'll never go hungry again. And I think those are really beautiful Rocky Balboa arcs. The, the, what really has gotten to me, and I have to be careful, is uh, the scene in which my character is about to be rescued. And he realizes, oh, my gosh, these teachers are putting their careers on the line. They're mm-hmm. calling the authorities for little old me. And here, you know, my character thinks he's invisible, has no self-worth whatsoever. These beautiful people come over and hug, as they did in real life, to say goodbye to me, one by one by one. And uh, to me, that's just very, very emotional. Yeah. Because uh, uh, when, and w- you know, we, we're seeing it right now, God bless. We're seeing it in the front pages of the news in, in Houston, mm-hmm. in parts of Louisiana, even Arkansas right now, that total strangers are opening up their hearts and, 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 and taking in strangers and helping out strangers. And I think that is the best part of our country. I really, really mm-hmm. do. And there's a lot of white noise. You know, in politics right now, which is unfortunate, very unfortunate. But I think the best part of being a good American is just being the best person you can be and helping others along the way. So for me, uh, I know I'm probably going to have a hard time uh, when it comes to those scenes, those 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 those, those tender scenes. And I think they're just beautiful. Um, I will say this, and uh, I, I think if I have a trigger, it's it's always been shame. Mm-hmm. Shame of what happened. Uh, there was a movie uh, a few years ago, a couple years ago, called Deadpool, action comedy. Yeah. Uh, and 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 he and he says, you know, cancer is not just me. Cancer is how it spreads to others and affects their life because of me. Mm-hmm. And you know, the cancer that uh, I was abused and I was a secret. Mm-hmm. That my brothers were informed. Don't 
act like the boy, otherwise I'll treat you like the boy, the threatening, forbidding, uh, the cancer that spread to my father, who was a very gentle person, you know, and, and was raised that women run the household, you bring home the bacon, but, you know, that type of control, and then being paralyzed through fear and threatening of his, of his wife, his lover, you know, his, 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 his love. And then the cancer of the neighborhood, how they saw me, and the cancer in this, my peers in school, you know, and the teachers. Uh, we were messing around with the school, just doing, you know, camera shots and stuff like that. And we got a few phone calls. Hey, Dave's going to be in the neighborhood. Hey, man, I used to used to rip off my lunch, dude. Let's have lunch, man. You owe me a lunch, dude. It's like, I'll buy you a lunch, but I can never see you, ever. Mm-hmm. And I used to, as you probably know, used to uh, go back to the school every year. Uh, the, the book was actually given to the teachers on the 20th anniversary of the rescue to the day. Wow. And ever since that, I would always visit the schools. You know, it became like a half-day program, and then became a five-day Dave Fest, going up and down the county, every school, community college, juvenile halls, boom, boom, just you know, speaking or doing comedy and praising people for doing a good job, and uh, you know, just 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 to try. To, 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 you know, relieve that, it's, it's that stress. And I'll never forget, like, Mrs. Constance passed away, mm-hmm. one of my teachers, and Miss Woodworth is in a retirement home. And I see her as many times as I can. And her opening sentence to me is, Dave, we knew about this for years. Can you ever forgive us? We tried as best we could. And it's like, what, what, what gets me, uh, sometimes bad people sleep. They mm-hmm. sleep like a baby. They mm-hmm. got nothing on their mind. But yet in the heart and soul of really good people, they're haunted. They're haunted forever. So I think, uh, again, to answer that question, if there is a trigger for me, you know, it's it's those tender, sensitive scenes. There's a scene that I've written in which uh, these three beautiful ladies, the teachers, they embrace uh, my character, my child character. And, and, And to me, I see it as like there's a spinning scene, like this guy is just, so spent my character is almost dead physically emotionally psychologically spiritually dead he's about to be rescued and he just melts in their loving arms and i think that is beautiful beautiful well i want to touch upon that uh because you know in my experience of having been you know senior management crisis management within social services once upon a moon you know i always found it interesting and i find this with myself and i'm hearing this through what you've just shared with myself and the listeners too you know we can recount we can retell we can revisit some of the most heinous things that have been perpetrated upon us and we can do it like so factual so you know just you know just rhyming it off and yet where the emotion comes through where we feel touched is when people show their kindness when people show their compassion when people show their empathy you know so i mean i can you know similar to you i can well up in an instant when i see the the love and the acceptance and the people who really stand and rise with you and embrace you with open arms um but for all the emotion that people would assume would naturally be forthcoming as a result of reliving in the retelling of some of the things and in my case you know being an incest survivor you know i I can talk about every act i can talk about every detail i can talk about smells i can talk about all kinds of things and it doesn't it doesn't bring about an emotion but if somebody who's listening to it here's what I, you know, if I've disclosed it for the first time and what that person's response was or what their reaction was, and it was so counterintuitive, they're so different um, 
than what I had been accustomed to in the hands of the abuser. That's that's where I get touched. That's where that person's connected with my humanity and my heart and my soul. So I think that's such a, a very important thing that you just mentioned because I heard that happen over and over again for all the people that I've counseled, for all the people that I've advocated for and uh, helped to empower them with their self-empowerment in their own journey and eradicating themselves from abuse. Um, you know, it's true. People can recite and retell all their abuses and they can do it without any expressed emotion. But the minute they start talking about who stepped up, whether it be an authority figure, whether it be EMS, whether it be a social worker, whether it be another person within the family who actually believed them, et cetera, et cetera, that's where you tap into the emotion. So I think that's just such a crucial thing that you said. And I wanted to reiterate uh, that and attest to that myself personally. I, I get that. Outstanding. Yeah. And, and that's, it's, it's always those – I mean, uh, uh, we live in a society where, oh, my God, I, I have to have a reality talk show. I've, I've got to lose 500 pounds. Oh, my God, I need $100 million. Then, 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 then I'll be happy. Instantaneous information, feed me, feed me, feed me, got to have it all right now. I'm going, well, no, 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 no. You're never going to conquer Mount Everest. If you lose 100 pounds in six weeks, you're, you're, it's going to find you back, trust me. It's gonna, you have to take those – baby steps in life, whether you save a dollar a day or do two extra push-ups a day or don't this, this, quit going to Starbucks once a week, you're going to save like $500 a year. Think about that. Mm-hmm. It's always those small baby steps, but I think, too, and again, we're seeing it in, 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 in Texas and those, those, those areas, is those random selfless acts of kindness. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, a saying that I, 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 I try to study different things. I love good vernacular. And I picked up on the saying, and, and I do it every once. I have a radio show. As a matter of fact, I'm supposed to do one today, but we canceled it because I'm going to work on the script. But I, 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 I end my radio show, and I say, ladies and gentlemen, do as much as you can for as long as you can for as many people as you can. Yes. Whether it's just – it's whether it's open up a door for someone, whether it's not in your head. Hey, cut in line in front of me. I'm, 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 I'm not in a hurry right now. Or being less judgmental, that person might just be having a real bad day. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, you know, we all do this. Uh, 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 I'll just buy a Happy Meal, throw a couple of dollars in there, and just give them out to somebody mm-hmm. type thing, you know. And it's kind of painted forward because, again, I know how blessed I am. I know how lucky I am. And, you know, I, and I say this again and again, I should be dead or in jail. So it's almost like when, when, when I see people who survive, a very, you know, very, very uh, deep illness. Mm-hmm. And they're the happiest people on the planet. And they say, maybe having cancer was the best thing that happened to me. I go, oh, my God, yes. I kind of know what you mean because you appreciate every day. Yes, you do. Every day, every moment. It's like you go on a cruise, and, 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 and we got to do all these things on the cruise because, you know, we got to get our money's worth, and we're going to eat, and, and we're going to sleep, and we're going to make love, and we're going to watch every sunrise and every sunset. And I said, you can do that in my house for half the price. Right. <laughs> it's every, every day. I'll just change the sheets. Okay, all right, thank you very much. Okay, you go back at it now. I'm not looking. <laughs> but it's, it's amazing, though, like, oh, my God, once we, once we retire, we're going to just do nothing. Well, you can do that now. Right. But it's, it's just a mindset, and that's mm-hmm. why I'm just so overwhelmed uh, uh, when, when this thing came. I, I felt like when the project was coming together, I said, okay, you know what? I, I, I've been to Hollywood. I've dated Hollywood. 
We have meetings to have meetings to have meetings about the meeting. <laughs> baby, I love you. I love, I love you, baby. I love you. And it's like, okay, okay, so you're going to pick me up. So I'll get my hair done and get my outfit on and do my nails and brush my tooth, waiting for that limo to drive by to take me to the prom, and it just cruises on by. So now I'm saying, okay, folks, I'm engaged. Ain't dating anybody because we've already had offers from other people like, okay, you need to redo this, this, and this, and we'll do this, this, and this. We're going, no, 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 I'm engaged. I'm not dating anybody right now. Thank you very much, but move it along. So it is, you know, a, a blessing within a blessing. And uh, producer David was very kind. He says, what do you want, Pelzer? I says, I want to do a premiere in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I want my teachers to walk the red carpet. They'll be in walkers, but wow. I want them to walk the red carpet. And Dave was getting all gushy, and Tamlin, the director, was. And I says, whenever we premiere this thing, I want to do a fundraiser. And I wish to decide where the money goes directly, where I think it's needed Is the most. You? So it's, 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 you know, it's a blessing within a blessing, and we hope that it inspires people and to me it's the, the story was always about resilience mm-hmm. even as uh, getting the book published was astronomical because they said oh my god this is this is uh, this is horrible this i'm saying no it's actually a beautiful story you're just looking at it through the wrong lens that's and i think right. that's one of the reasons why um we had issues with hollywood when the book was on the list they said no we can't package this no one will see it and i'm going well i don't know <laughs> and, and that was weird too and like i said we had over eight million people Within five, six days, once we had the announcement. So it's a blessing, but there's another line, too, from the movie Iron Man. I think it is. With great power comes great responsibility. Absolutely. For Spider-Man. That, that was the movie. So we're trying to be very responsible. We're going slow in the pre-production, which is very smart to put all the pieces together. But uh, to me, everything is an adventure. Having a cup of coffee. Sometimes I'll have a cigar, a glass of wine. I'll pray outside. And to me, you know, you know seize the day. So we're, yes. we're definitely, you know, this is a good day. And I have to say this, too, because if for some reason, you know, it doesn't get made or, or it doesn't work out, you know what? It's been a good run. Mm-hmm. It's been a, it's like dating. Sometimes dating doesn't really work out. But, you know, what? you always want to be gracious and say, you know what, Lisa, I love you. I had the best time in the world. You will always be the love of my life, but I'm going in a different direction. So I'm saying if it doesn't work out, I, 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 I'm, I'm happy that we tried our best. Well, I love that attitude. I mean, again, the beauty that you embody. And and see, this is the thing. It goes back to your initial point that we said at the top of the hour. You know, rather than getting immersed and stuck in what, what, what happened to you once upon a time. I mean, you are such a prime example, and you are just such a, a beautiful soul, Dave. And, you know, this is why you resonated with me decades ago when I picked up the book when I was going through my own hell. And it was like, okay, somebody, somebody is writing about something that I can relate to. Different circumstances, mind you, but somebody's talking about this. You know, nobody else is talking about it. My family's not talking about it. My family should be talking about it. But other people are sharing their own experiences and that was my anchor and as a result of how you chose because I believe it's always a choice and how we choose to go forward you know you have continually used what you have gone through to lift everybody else up and I mean that's only going to happen you know in spades with the with the production of this movie and so I want to ask you Dave um You know, and I know you're in the preliminary stages of this, and, you know, you're present in each moment that you're going through. You're really present in the moment. But is there a a moment where you have said to yourself or you've envisioned when this is all said and done, and you, your wife, your children perhaps, 
are sitting in the seats watching the movie, perhaps for the first time, and it's not released to the public, and what that's going to do. Because, I mean, it's different than just you having lived your experience. It's just different, and it's different from you having written that out and birthing a book. But to see it played out on the screen with other people depicting you, your life, your memories, uh, recollections, your mom, you know, the teachers, the social workers. Have you mentally prepared yourself for the fact that this could have Well, a I, I have to be honest, um, and, and that's a really good – that's a pointy question. I, that, that, that is, that's, that's, wow, right in the gut. Um, the logical answer is absolutely, absolutely mm-hmm. not. There is no way with this story mm-hmm. that, that anybody say, oh, yeah, I got this. I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cameron Hall was kind of the director. Was kind of to uh, mail me um, his film called "Holding On." It's a true story about a young man in Georgia uh, from a religious family, a beautiful family, who has schizophrenia and gets involved with drugs, and it's just a, it's, it's a hole. And 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 uh, it's filmed very well. It's really filmed and edited very well. And and the boy took his life in real life, and it was very sad. And uh, I watched that film, mm-hmm. and I had to do some work on the script, and, and I was reading a, a passage to Kay, my beautiful bride. And, you know, I got all choked up, and being a therapist, she just, you know, because, oh, let me hug you. No, 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 she did the right thing. She just kind of let me go through it. Mm-hmm. And she said the same thing. So you're going to be all right with this? as well, it's going to be a journey. But what is it going to be like to sit down there? Am I prepared for that? No, because... Part of my fantasy <laughs> is like, you know, I always, always see myself, you know, jumping in the sea because I love movies. I just, I, I mean, I just studied 2,500 pages on Citizen Kane, 2,500 pages, shot for shot for shot for shot, every scene, everything about that. But I can see myself, as much as I love film, jumping in the seat, uh-oh, got to go to the bathroom, uh-oh, got to take this call. And letting letting everybody else just kind of see it, in a sense. I, I don't know if I can sit through that. And it's not the, the gratuitous parts, but again, those tender moments. There is a you – know, I said it in the book, and I really emphasized it in, in, in the screenplay. There's a scene in which my character, his best summer, the endless summer, is, is when I was in kindergarten. I ran up that little street, and I jumped in that car, and we're all going to the Russian River. Oh, my God, my two brothers and my parents. Oh, my God. And, 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 you know, just bouncing around the Russian River. And uh, 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 we, we, we crossed the street to go to the Russian River to see this beautiful sunset. And I was already targeted at age five. Mm-hmm. I was already targeted since maybe four, programmed. And, and we're all watching this beautiful sunset. And, and I bump into someone, and I thought it was my dad. You know, my hands on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, and back then, you know, dads didn't really get emotional with their kids, a little disconnected, mm-hmm, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised. And then I smelled my mom's hair, and she drew me right to her chest. And I remember her hands around my chest, and my heart was just racing. Oh, my God, oh my God, am I in trouble? Or, and it was so lovingly. And, right. and that's a beautiful moment in the film. And what I did, and this is so important, in the third act, uh, when my mother goes to drop me off at school, 
and gives me the excuse of the day. Tell them you ran into the doorknob. Tell them you got hit with a – tell them you ran into a baseball bat. Tell them. And she looks at herself in the rearview mirror, and she hears all these kids playing. And she has a flashback in which her beautiful moment is holding David in her arms. And it's like, oh, my God, what have I done moment? What have I mm-hmm. become moment? So yeah. those are the pieces that will be very hard for me. And like I said before, those beautiful teachers – so I, I, I can't, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm the type of person if I do a show or do something, Dave, you've got to see yourself on video. No, I don't like how I sound or look. I was like, let's just move on. Mm-hmm. So it will, I'm not prepared for it, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I have to prepare myself for this. Right. But that's the thing, too, is, is and, and this is important for your audience to understand, too. You know, there's a saying that man planned, but God laughs. You can't overly prepare for a date or for the interview or for this or that. You just do the best you can. We had a, uh, an actress that was very involved with the piece at one time, A-list actress, and I had an agent. Oh, why, if she has 10 people, we have to have 20 people. We have to meet here. We have to go, shh, she's just a girl. Well, what are you going to say to her? I don't know. What are you going to do? Be myself. Saturday. You know, and so it, it is It is one of those things, but I'm, I'm sure it will be a little emotional and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll just all do the best we can. Because I just, I, at the end of the day, what I, my prayer, prayer is, one is, of course, you know, shine a light on abuse and, you know, and uh, prevention and so forth, and praise those who make a difference. But it's, it's, it's my, my hope that when people see the piece, just like when they read the book, they can look at their lives differently, and yes. be more kind, and be more gracious, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, help out your fellow man. I, that is. The true hope, because that's I really believe in my heart of hearts. This is just, you know, that 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 vision or the story is about resilience in the darkest, you know, times of of, of humanity in a sense for the, you know this family. Mm-hmm. So we'll just do the best that we can. That's all I can do. Absolutely. That's all I can do. Well, let me ask you this, Dave. Um, so as you're embarking upon this journey of taking the most painful of moments uh, and, and again, going through a different medium. It's, it's, you know, they've done the book. Now you're going through the big screen and all the filming and the production. So in the reliving of this, who do you feel is more sad right now or grappling? Is it young Dave, you know, toddler Dave, uh, or is it the adult Dave who, has the wisdom and the foresight and having been a parent themselves, uh, you know, who's going through the greatest mourning period right now? Is it your inner child or is it your well, adult I, self? I, I, I don't know. I would not say mourning uh, at all because, I mean, I look at my situation and it's, it's like me being a firefighter, which is a blessing because sometimes I have to put people on a helicopter. And what I do sometimes is I, I put my thumb, thumb on their forehead or I, I touch their hand or I just give them a winky wink or something like that. And, 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 you know, I've, I've lost people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all done the best job that we could, and sometimes you lose people. And then, you know, we always process the calls, and we analyze, and we should have done this, or did we do that, or did we do – we always do the very best we can, but at the same time, too, you just – you can't overanalyze it. Mm-hmm. I'm not mourning what happened as a kid or even as an adult because, you know, I have to kind of just, 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 just move forward as best I can. Yeah. But I think that the, the thing that just gets me at times, whether it's a firefighter or this medium that we're – this very emotional medium, because you think about 
writing is difficult, mm-hmm. and, and to visualize in a book what's going on is very hard. But when you see a movie, you know, you have music, you have lighting, you have mm-hmm. close-ups, you have back shots, you have all these things to tug on your strings to make you laugh, to make you cry, to make you clap, whatever it is. I really think for me, uh, again, this is, is, uh, I go back to the, those, those tender moments are the ones that really pull on my heart. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm a fairly functional person, you know, I've, uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, and so forth. And I think it always comes back to, gosh, Dave, you're just a lucky guy. Mm-hmm. You're just because, uh, you know, I, 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 when I put on gear, I, I weigh, uh, I go from like a buck 90 to almost 300 pounds. Wow. And then I have to start working. I have to start working. So mm-hmm. I'm physically pretty healthy for my age. You know, I've got a weird, crazy, beautiful sense of humor. I can make Robin yes, Williams do. spot himself, for goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> okay, Robin, how are you today? Okay, he making G. Diddy laugh. I tell you, look at that. Joan, Joan, Joan you're my footrest. Thank you. Stay down there, lady. Stay down. Okay, thank you. Don't look up. Okay. But, uh, you know, and, and I have all these things. And, 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 you know, and that's what I'm trying to really convey in the message is, you know, we have so much. How much more do we need or want? In a sense, but uh, I'm just gonna because uh, I know uh, if anything, gosh, uh, David and and, and Tamlin, they're such beautiful, beautiful people, and and what we're trying to do is assemble a family. Love We've already, they've already interviewed people and stuff like that, and uh, some very powerful Hollywood hitters, and it's like okay, I have to have my staff, and I have to have my skittles at 38 degrees and a white china bowl. No, thank you, goodbye. Yes. <laughs> but they're trying to assemble, you know, a family unit much like uh, Clint Eastwood does with Mal Paso. He has the same crew for decades, Joel Cox and everybody in sound and gappers and so forth. But uh, they're very, very tender, beautiful souls. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I told him when we first met, I said, gosh, this thing, we're all going to need therapy <laughs> at the end of this. We're all going to go into therapy, okay? Okay, we're different therapists, okay? You go to yours, I'll go to mine, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, because it's going to be, it's, it is going to be distraught. And, and then we have to think, too, the reality is, you know, whoever they cast, they want to do a national search for uh, uh, the character playing me as a child. And, 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 and that's going to have to be very, very, very delicate mm-hmm. in a sense. So, uh, again, it's not really a, a thing of mourning, right. you know, because the mourning is a loss and so forth. But I know it will be at times very, very emotional. But I, 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 and I don't think, again, emotional on some of the gratuitous scenes because one thing I did deliberately when I started working on the screenplay is, is you make what I call cover notes. Okay, here's the umbrella. You're not going to show any violence. It's going to be PG-13. When I was uh, uh, with that Hollywood uh, actress, where that subject came up, Dave, how can you film this? I said, you don't film it. You take it out of the equation. What do you mean? I said, psycho. What do you mean? How many times did you see that girl get stabbed in the shower psycho? Actress says, 44. Her assistant says, no, 42. Dave, zero. What? You never saw her get stabbed. Right. Never. So we can work around that, those little moments. But I think, in, but what we are going to show is like when my character, you know, uh, uh, flying through the air, like, like we did in the book, you know, with the red cape in the background to disassociate and, and live in a fantasy world that he feels safe in. We're going to show... Uh, when my arm was burned on, on the gas stove afterwards, how I raised my arm and says, I will always do the best I can for as long as I can. I'm not going to quit. Mm-hmm. Those are, you know, those beautiful, beautiful moments, I think. But 
We'll have to see because I, I was joking with my fire captain. It's okay, Dave, because uh, there's fire, fire. I, we, we do a I fire captain. Now. We do a Seinfeld, George Costanza routine once a year. You know, divided, divided Dave cannot stand. So uh, uh, she, she, I walk in there, and she goes, how's Hollywood Dave? Hollywood Dave's okay today. Where's my latte? Don't look up all my greatness. <laughs> so I told her, she says, uh, so how long are you going to be Hollywood Dave? I says, you know, it's fun to talk about, but I see myself working nonstop for a good two years, mm-hmm. and then I just want to come back and be Firefighter Dave again, <laughs> in a sense, because it's going to be a lot. You know, right. so I'll probably do some fundraisings and go back on the road and, you know, the, the media and so forth. And we're, we're doing what we call the James Bond effect. Uh, I, I, I was telling the producer I've studied films and how they PR films. And, and they did it a few weeks ago, Lisa. It's like they said, okay, hi. <laughs> uh, we're producing the next James Bond film. Here's what we got for you. Nothing. We have no script. We have no director. We don't know if Daniel Craig's going to go on the Colbert show and say he's going to be James Bond. We have not even a title but we have a release date, so follow us on Twitter. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So that's what we're kind of doing now. It's like, you know, we're calling up some of our friends uh, like, like yourself, say, hey, you know, we got some news we want to share with you. And so we're starting with that. Mm-hmm. And I would love to go on your show once we're in production again in, in the spring to give you guys an update and so forth. Absolutely. And then we'll do something in post and so forth. But it's, 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 it's a mechanism, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I'm just, again, today's a good day. There's going to be some days that are going to be very, very bad, you know, whether there's production-wise or, you know, some things, unexpected things happen. It's like anything in life. It's like what, it's like when I'm a firefighter. Okay, this isn't working. What can we do? What yes. can we do to fix this problem mm-hmm. type thing? You know, just like in any relationship, you know, it's like, it's like uh, you know, just, just, just moving, moving the ball forward. Uh, I was in Katrina many years ago, and that was very hard for, for a lot of good rescue workers. And I said, what we're trying to do is embrace the ocean. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that. But if we can just move this equation one inch a day, at least that's something. Beautiful. At least that's something. And that's what we're trying to do with the pre-production. A lot of people, they go in production very fast, and they may not have a script or a good script, or they don't know who's going to be in the film or how the production crew is going to be involved. So it's like dating. I'm going to date low and slow. I want to be very good methodical and very careful. And uh, I got a text from uh, David uh, Goldman yesterday. He was He's bouncing around. He says, you know, the process is slow, and, and you have to trust us. We're doing as much as we can to make me happy, they said, and, 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 and to follow that storyline of, of the book, which is very gracious mm-hmm. of these folks. Uh, they're just very, very, very nice gentlemen. And it's, it's, it's a good relationship, and they're already talking about, well, what about the next one? I'm going, oh, my God, please. I just got <laughs> pregnant. I'm not even, please, stop, stay away. You, back. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So it's 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 almost stuff like okay the Star Wars trilogy I'm going okay that family's dysfunctional (laughs) we can outdo that (laughs) and that's what we're going to do too is uh, uh, I'm going to be like the 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 court gesture on set Mm -hmm. you know I I have a tendency to kind of I remember uh, when I was in Iraq one time we were doing uh, a check you have your microphones and headsets and stuff like that. And they said, Dave, do the microphone check. You on the motorcycle. You Al-Qaeda. Lay down your weapons one night only. Blues Brothers News and Blues Review in the green zone. Please come see us. You do something <laughs> outrageous, you know, just to kind of get people laugh. Or uh, we did have a, a lady who was the uh, company officer in one of our patrols, and she got a Dear Jane letter. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, oh, my God, you're showing a sign of weakness. And, of course, one of the gunners goes, oh, Lisa, um, 
that guy doesn't know what he's missing. He's a fool. Another guy goes, oh, there's other fish in the sea. And it came to me, Counselor Dave, and I said, Daddy never loved you. You're going to die alone just to make her laugh. So, uh, I mean, this is nothing. I mean, I'll probably have my my whole routine when I'm on set, for goodness sakes. But that's what I'm trying to convey, too, is is, is that, you know, in an arduous journey, you take it one step at a time, but enjoy the journey in itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dave, our time here on radio, particularly with guests such as yourself, always goes way too quickly for my liking. So we're probably nearing about the five-minute mark. Uh, so I would be remiss. I did get your permission before we went live. I always say thank you. I always appreciate people who go out of their way for me. And you know exactly what you have meant for me in my journey. And when I wrote my manuscript book, I have my manuscript back in my possession, uh, I always knew that you were the person. It was going to be you or Oprah, but I always knew it was going to be you or the, uh, Oprah that, that I was going to approach and see if you would kindly take a look at it. And you have graciously agreed to endorse my book, and I can't tell you how much that means to me. Um, well, and I want to congratulate you on this journey because you know – Publishing is a very, very, very – I mean, it's just like the Hollywood business, but congratulations on that. And I'd be more than honored to do well, that. And I have to say this again, and, and I want the audience to really just stop and listen and receive. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lisa, for all the work that you and your production crew does to go out there and open up your hearts, reveal yourselves and your soul. So hopefully one person can say, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Thank you. So thank you for all the work that you folks do. God bless you, please. Oh, thank you, Dave, particularly coming from you of all people for everything you continue to do to shine your light, emit your positive energy, and to raise people and anchor people. Uh, you have no idea the effect that you have on me personally. I'll speak for me personally, but, I mean, clearly the book has resonated. Your journey has resonated. The film will resonate. And the amount of lives that you will save, the amount of people who will disclose that much faster, the amount of teachers and social workers who will immediately step in, the amount of parents who are pre-wired and dispositioned to be abusive because they've not salvaged and solved their own issues and healed themselves, they will think twice about taking it out on their child as a result of that film, as a result of your book, and as a result of you keeping this message alive over and over again for the common good of the collective. So I just want to thank you. You are seriously, I mean, I've got goosebumps right now. You're one of, you're, you're one of my all-time intangible mentors. And, you know, I want to meet you one day, and I believe that I will. I mean, we've done radio twice now. Your book, your book in essence, saved my spirit. Um, I'm going to get emotional. Okay, okay. You know, let me let me, let me say this, folks, because now we're kind of we're slipping and sliding here. Here's how great my life is. Uh, uh, oh gosh, the great Dave Pelzer. Yes, yes, yes. You know, semi charming face for radio. Before I was doing the show, ladies and gentlemen, I was on my hands and knees scooping out kitty litter because my cat is sick. If you understand what I mean. So mm-hmm. I put on my pants the same way like everybody else. <laughs> I, I did that one time. Someone says, oh, my God, Dave Bowser, oh, my God. I said, don't shake my hand. I have to wash it first. Thank right. you. Well, <laughs> but, no, I appreciate, I appreciate the compliment, and, and I do. But I, I have to say this for the collective because we live in an era that – my, my name is Re- reality star Kreptashian. I don't know what their name is, and they think they're a gift to themselves. But I really believe collectively we all do the best we can to help out our fellow man and just you know live a good life. 
live right. a good life and be happy and be happy now. So there it is. Right. Well, I just want to say in closing, uh, Dave, to you before I thank the listeners for joining us once again, you know, there's no glorification here. I am not glorifying you. My my child, my Lisa child, really sees the Dave child. And so in terms of my being enamored by you, my respect for you, uh, you being a role model for me, you being uh, somebody who anchored me out of the depths of my stuff. Uh, I'm talking one spirit, one soul, one child to the other. I, you know, I don't care who ends up playing your character that puts your life on a different trajectory in terms of being perceived as famous in a different way or recognizable in a different way. For me, you will always be the Dave child who helped the Lisa child. So there's well, no glory. I, I, and I accept that. And, and all I can ask of you and your audience and all our families is please, please keep me in your collective prayers. Absolutely. Always. You know, that, 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 that's, I mean, I'm being a little selfish there because we're about to embark on an amazing journey. It's going to take a while. We want to get it right. We want to be very careful. We want to be true to the, to the cause. So thank you all for listening, and thank you all for what you do. Well, we'll bring you back, Dave, when we've got updates about the film, maybe during its pre-launch, maybe after its post-release. I'll leave that up to you, but you're always welcome here. You're part of the, the Contact Talk Radio Network and the C-Suite family now, so I want to well, say thank, thank you. Thank you very much. And where's the Schwarzenegger? We'll be back. <laughs> so give me to the chopper. Okay, well, I'll hold you to that. And once again, thank you so much for, for being bet. agreeable to endorsing my book. It means the world. No worries, ma'am. Okay, so to my listening audience, I want to thank you once again for tuning in to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald on the Contact Talk Radio Network, now connected with C-Suite Network. Can't, can't be grateful enough. I'm, I'm in great hands with both these two networks. Uh, you know, have phenomenal guests all the time, such as Dave Pelzer, rejoined by him for a second time today, imparting his message, really re- encouraging you to rise, eradicate yourself from fear, just step into it, rewrite the story of your life, step into it and help other people. Use your experience to help other people by paying it forward and being of service. So to the listening audience, again, I want to thank you for being one of over 300,000 Living Fearlessly podcast subscribers. I want to wish you a phenomenal weekend. Take care of yourself. If you're not familiar with the book called A Child Called It, please go get it. I'm telling you, go get it. Go hug your children. Go do something great for humanity today. Get out of yourselves and be there for everyone else, okay? I'll look forward to seeing you here, back here next Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern, going live with yet another phenomenal guest. Take care. All my love. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.